This is episode number 27 with right-handed pitcher Craig Stammen. Craig has now been in the big leagues for eight years, first starting out with the Washington Nationals and this past season with the San Diego Padres. Um, He's been a very consistent pitcher over the course of his career, and something that I I think that is pretty cool is is he's not an overpowering pitcher, so he was able to get hitters out over you know the best hitters in the entire world out with you know stuff that's not very that's not overpowering at all um he's off the field he was actually nominated for the bob feller act of valor award which re- recognizes and honors those who support our servicemen and women um in 2014 he took online classes during the major league baseball season to get his degree from the university of dayton which is pretty cool um Anyone who's ever played in the major leagues is tough enough, and to take classes during the season is pretty incredible. So props to Craig on that. I think everyone will get a really good kick out of Craig and just how great of a guy he is. Um, So I think everyone will enjoy this episode. And without further ado, Craig Stammen. What's up, everyone? This is The Road to the Show. Today we have on Craig Stammen. Craig, how's it been going, man? It's going good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. We're in, officially in the off-season now. I know you've been working. I just saw you working out a little bit here. Um, what's the off-season been like for you so far? Uh, it's been good. It's been pretty busy. You know, you get done with a long uh, baseball season and you kind of want to just relax. Uh, I haven't relaxed a whole lot. I've had weddings to go to. Uh, I was able to just build a new house and it just finished about three weeks ago, so busy putting together chairs and tables and all kinds of stuff and hanging pictures and, you know, like a construction worker kind of thing. But uh, just got into working out uh, beginning of November and been doing that pretty consistent. So uh, not a whole lot of room for taking a break. Yeah, well, and you had a great year this year. You were, you were healthy all year, right? And I know you were out, you know, the last few years. Um, how How awesome was it just to be back and just, like, just know you can play every day? Like, yeah. Know that you can – you know, you're not limited at all. Yeah, it was a good feeling. It was a long road back. Uh, a lot of times where I didn't think I was going to make it back, at least to pitch in the big leagues. Uh, I thought maybe, you know, this was probably the beginning of the end. But I got a great opportunity with the San Diego Padres in spring training. I had a good spring training. Uh, they put me on the roster. And then uh, through some struggles in April, they stuck with me and, and ended up having a pretty good season and uh, kind of reestablished myself as a major league pitcher and hopefully – I bought a few extra years onto my career. Well, you don't age at all, so I'm sure you'll be pitching for a long time. Um, <laughs> what did you make of, like, in the playoffs, right, in the World Series, you see, like, there's a lot of guys, like, bat flipping and things like that. And I'm kind of curious because you're a major league pitcher. You know, all the fans have their own opinion. What's the take on that from, like, your standpoint and, like, all the other pitchers? Like, does that really, like, rub you guys the wrong way? It does. Some pitchers, and then there's other pitchers that don't really care, and then there's other pitchers that are kind of, like, that stinks, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I probably fall into the I don't really care category. The hitter can do whatever he wants. If he hits a home run, whatever. Enjoy your time around the bases, but 
you know, I know if I face a guy enough times that hopefully, you know, I win that battle more than he wins that battle. And all it does is fuel that fire to get the guy out the next time for me. Yeah. When you also, I mean, did you ever think about bat flipping when you hit that double at Wrigley? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I was like, that is so awesome. <laughs> the one, I've never, th- I, I've only imagined what would happen if I ever hit a home run in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. And that jog around the bases would probably be reminiscent of like a 10 year old at yeah. Christmas. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I hit that ball and Wrigley and I hit it okay but I was like I don't know if that's getting over the right fielder's head he misplayed it and then I was like oh crap I gotta run the bases and I about fell going around <laughs> first and I was like I think I'm just gonna stop on second not yeah. not try to do the Pete Rose dive into third <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome I love that um so when you're like preparing for games do you look at like video for like the potential hitters that you're gonna face like for that game or that series or how does that look how does that work because nobody really knows you know they see you out there pitching but there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. Than yeah, just- there's a lot of work that goes on, especially now. When I first came in the big leagues, it wasn't as prevalent, but uh, video rooms are pretty big. There's eight to ten computers in every video room. You can look up statistics or video from, you know, five, ten years ago and, and watch at bats that you had against a certain hitter. And that's kind of what I like to do. Uh, I think early on I used to watch other pitchers pitch to hitters because I hadn't faced too many guys. But as I've gotten older and had enough – uh, time in the big leagues and face enough of the hitters and started to get to know them really well. I just start. I only watch tape of me facing past at bats with those guys, so I can get a feel for how I pitched them in the past, uh, whether I had success or not against them. I know what pitches work against them, what pitches don't. I know what their stance looks like. I know what their swing looks like, so I can visually prepare uh, for the game. So I do that the first day of every series. I go through all their whole lineup. Uh, what if you've never faced one of their players before yeah and if i've never faced a hitter um you know i won't make i won't do too much video i might just look up one or two at bats just to like kind of see what they look like at the plate Mm -hmm. um just so i know that visual so it's not like when i see them at the plate it's like first time that i've ever you know seen them take a stance and there's so much media mlb network you've pretty much seen a lot of the players hit um but we go then we have a pitchers meeting with all the relievers uh, with the Padres, it was just with the right-handed relievers. We'd have a meeting with the pitching coach and bullpen coach. Uh, we'd go over every hitter. They had a scouting report mapped out for us. Statistics on first pitch swings, uh, slugging percentage on each pitch, fastball, curveball, slider, changeup, average on all those pitches. And then, you know, you kind of develop a game plan based on that, especially on guys you haven't faced. Uh, you kind of go off of what the coaches have seen because they've watched a lot of tape on you know different pitchers and and different game plans that other teams have implemented against those hitters. So there's a lot that goes into it. I usually try to trust my, what my own eyes see when I'm out there on the mound uh, reading the hitter swing based on what they how they see me and how they react to my pitches. So you could have a, a certain game plan going to an at bat and you see like. I don't know, McCutcheon take a swing and be like, oh, now I'm going to change. Now I might throw a curveball because I see, you know, maybe he's out in front a little bit. Like, Does that make sense? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, that's to me, that's more of the game than the scouting report. Yeah. If I can go up to, you know, I can have all the scouting report in the world that says, you know, Andrew McCutcheon, for example, loves outside fastballs and, and you got to pound him inside. And then I throw him a fastball inside and he rips it down the line. And I'm like, all right, I think he's on that pitch. You know, then you might want to go to an off-speed pitch. Or I think, if I'm thinking right back to an bat I had with him this year, uh, I threw a fastball that was probably a really hittable pitch, and he took it. 
which in my mind that signaled, hey, he's not looking for the fastball right now. He's sitting off speed. He's probably looking for my slider because I've thrown him a lot of sliders in the past okay. or a curveball. You know, he's looking for something off speed. So that means if I stick with the fastball, I can maybe steal another strike. Or, you know, if I throw him the slider, I have to throw it in the dirt. I can't throw it for a strike. If I throw it for a strike, he's going to put one in the gap or over the fence. So that cat and mouse game you know it kind of when you're a younger pitcher you don't quite understand it you don't quite see those little things of like how a guy fouls off a ball or how he takes a pitch Um, but as you get older that's kind of the only way you can get people out because your stuff gets a little less than what it was when you were younger that's pretty cool and you think so you think like McCutcheon knows like when he's going up there facing you that like you just said you threw a fastball and you're like well I've thrown a lot of sliders in the past so he knows you, that I'm going to throw a slider. Do you think it's like he like he's thinking the same thing that you're thinking in like the different way? I think a lot of hitters, especially the good hitters, come up with an approach at their bat, and they're like, "All right, this is the pitch I'm looking for. If he makes a mistake with this pitch, I'm going to hammer it." So they're just looking for one pitch. You think? Yeah, I think they're looking for one pitch in one location, uh, and then as the count gets in, you know, my favor as a pitcher, then they have to expand the zone and then expand where they're looking and you know have to protect against different pitches if he's ahead you know i get behind him throw balls he can he can make that spot even smaller and really zero in on hey this is where i'm looking and sometimes the count dictates it too you know if i get behind 2-0 he's probably he may not be looking for that slider you know or he may you yeah. know and and knows that i'm going to pitch backwards against him uh so it's just kind of reading their swings reading their takes uh, you know, watching their mannerisms a little bit, watching their previous at-bats, you know, what their approach is at the plate. You know, if a guy's re- doing really well and his approach is to go the opposite way and he's just hitting everything opposite field and we keep fe- fe- feeding him fastballs away, sliders away, you know, even though it says that he's a good inside hitter, you kind of almost have to pitch him inside and just get him off of that fastball away. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, Craig, you're you're an actual pitcher, right? You see a lot of guys who are throwers, um is your you think your mindset when you're on the mound is different from a lot of other guys um just because you you like know how to pitch so are you like still like going to be amped up out there or is it different because like hey like I know what I got to do like I'm relaxed like what's your mindset when you're on the mound yeah there's a little bit of both I think different situations call for different mindsets but I mean the thing that I've always kept the same is I'm always trying to throw strike one. That's been my mindset. No matter what, if there's bases are loaded, the best hitter in the whole league's up, or if nobody's on and the worst hitter in the league's up, I'm trying to throw strike one. If I can get ahead uh, of the hitter, be a, you know, be the aggressor, uh, put him you know in a in a tough spot where he's behind the count and has to you know hit my best pitches, then I think you know things in the end will even out in my favor. Um, you know, as as a pitcher, a guy that doesn't throw hard, you know, I've learned how to pitch almost as necessity because yeah. I just can't go after guys the same way a guy that throws 95 to 97 can. Um, you know, I've got to hit the corners. I've got to make the ball move. I've got to throw different pitches. I've got to sequence the right way, which for, to me is a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, that's how I survive at that level. Yeah. And then how much do you think that – or I, I guess what I should say is – when you're struggling, like as a pitcher, right, you hear a lot of, you know, well, everyone says, you know, baseball is 90% mental. Um, how do you, this is, you know, a tough question because this would probably save a lot of guys' careers, but I mean, how do you get yourself back to being a confident pitcher when you're getting hit around a little bit? Because, I mean, that, 
happens to everybody. I don't care who you are. Um, is there something you go to or how do you get your mindset back to being confident? Yeah. You know, that is the toughest part about baseball because it's so much built on failure and it's public failure. You know, everybody's watching you, especially like we said, we're talking about MLB network and you know, all this stuff on the internet, you know, they can make a gif of you giving up like the biggest home run of all time yeah. really quick. Yeah. Um, so you've got to have a short memory. Uh, I've always tried to look at baseball as not the end all be all in life. Uh, there's plenty of things outside of, of baseball that, you know, are enjoyable. And I know when, when this, when baseball's over and, you know, getting ready to head up to heaven, you know, I'm not going to worry about if I got, <laughs> you know, Joe Schmo out in the right. seventh inning with a guy on second and, and let the game get tied, you know, that stuff's going to be out the window. So I try to keep a, I guess I would call it an eternal perspective on the game of baseball and know that, not that I don't care, because I care immensely, and I'm using those gifts that I've been given to the best of my ability, but I'm not going to, you know, it's not going to ruin my life if things don't go well, because it's gone well or it's gone well a lot of times, and it's not gone well just as many times. You so. don't want to be like a, just a one-dimensional person, because if I, you know, understood that right, because, you know, if eventually it will end, no matter what, and... It's it'll help you when you're when you're failing because you know if you if all you care about is baseball and nothing else then when you fail it's like oh my god everything's over whereas if you're you know a well-rounded person you've got a lot of good things going for you I mean is that basically yeah that's part of it I mean I think if if you look at baseball it's a great life teacher it teaches you so many life lessons it teaches you about failure and how to deal with it, it teaches you about success and how to be humble uh and teaches you how to interact with a bunch of different teammates from a bunch of different countries and how to love each other equally um so i think if you can look at baseball in that way it's like it's making me a better human being rather than uh this is my means to get you know the, i just want to have success yeah. and i want to be good make a lot of money and i want to win and yeah. make a lot of money at all costs I think uh, it ruins the joy of baseball and the joy that we all had when we were like 10 years old. I like that. I like that. I, I hope everyone definitely implements that. I know. I know I'm going to implement that. That's a good philosophy. Um, you played with, with Bryce Harper, right, with the Nationals coming up. Um, would you say he's like one of the most talented position players you've, you've played with? Yeah, he is. He is. He can do things that not very many people can do. And why do you think that he's like – I mean, is that just a combination of just physical talent, basically? And he's, you know, on top of a really confident person. Yeah. Well, he, the thing about Bryce is he's not just a great hitter. Uh, he's not just a great power hitter. He can do it all. I mean, he can play the outfield. He can throw. He can run. Uh, you know, he can hit for power. He can hit for average. He can place the ball. He can drive runs in. He's just a game-changing player. And game-changing players can just do anything they want to on the field. And that's what's so impressive because there's so many players that are great players that are kind of limited to what they can do on the field. Some guys are just great hitters, and they have no – they can't do anything on defense. Well, you know, guys on third and guy hits a sack fly to right field, and, you know, Bryce has a chance of throwing that guy at home and, and saving a run that way. And then he can come up the next inning and hit a home run or hit a double in the gap and start a rally. So I think that's what makes him a great player. Uh, he's very dynamic and – uh, it was a privilege to play with him and get to watch like, you know, I think when I'm done playing, he'll be one of the guys like, yeah, I used to play with Bryce Harper. And, you know, when he's getting his uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. How hard does he work behind the scenes? He, he is a really diligent worker on a swing and hitting. He takes it very seriously. Um, you know, he's he's so physically gifted. He doesn't have to do a ton in the weight room, but he's always in really good shape and he's always taking care of his body. Uh, he's had some injury issues here 
in his younger years, but that's because he plays so hard. And I think, you know, once he learns to tone that down a hair and learns to pick his spots when he needs to really turn it on, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Do you think going from like a good player to a great player, because you've, you've been in the league for a while, you played with a lot of great players, played against a lot of great players. Um, do you think that separation bec- comes down to work ethic versus some guys who are just talented and just rely on the talent? Um, I think the guys that are great have both. Okay. Um, there's a lot of good players with so much talent that you would not believe, you know, would not believe we've, you know, played baseball our whole lives and seen great players, but, uh, you know, when they put the perfect combination together, when they've got the elite physical traits and then they've got the elite work ethic and the mindset that's, you know, just says, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to figure out a way to beat you at all costs. You know, the Tom Brady mentality kind of thing where, you know, he just, He's got that aura about him, like, no matter what, I'm going to figure out a way to win. When you get that perfect combination, that's when you have, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime player. Yeah, makes sense. Um, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. I'm going to talk a little, we're going to talk a little bit about Dayton Flyers right now. He went <laughs> to the Flyers. Craig's got a big smile on his face now. Um, going, coming out of high school, like, did you believe that you could play professional baseball and, I guess, not just you know, make it to the major leagues, or was that you know, developed at University of Dayton? Yeah, I tell you what, I, w- I wasn't recruited by many schools, and I was begging and pleading just to be able to play at the next level when I was in high school. So when UD gave me a scholarship opportunity and a seat at the table, as I like to say, a place on the team, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything more. And I think my college coaches knew that I had the chance to get drafted, um, and and then if I reached my potential, that could possibly, you know, be you know, a big league player at some point. But I don't think anybody when I was 17, 18 years old would ever have predicted that I would have made it to the minor leagues or been have played this long in the big leagues. Were so, you always a strike thrower, like even back in high yeah, school? Yeah, I've always been a strike thrower. I've never been a guy that threw hard. I've always been able to hit my spots. Uh, as I got into college, I started to throw a little harder, hard enough to where I was, you know, being looked at by scouts and stuff. But, you know, I was I was never like the greatest player you ever saw in the field. You yeah. know, I was always just like kind of good enough to make it to that next level, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the mindset I had the whole time. Was like, all right, wh- how can I work hard enough to just make it to that next level? And once I get to that next level, all right, how can I get to that next level? Yeah, and I think that helped me through the minor leagues. It helped me through college, uh, and it's helped me through the big leagues because I've kept the mindset of always trying to improve and try to get better every single season. And I can look back, you know, honestly, from when I was twenty years old, and I think I've gotten better every single year you know up until now and maybe plateaued a little bit as i've gotten older but you know i think that level of improvement each year is probably what has allowed me to have the most success throughout your time in the minors did you ever doubt yourself oh yeah yeah plenty of times i mean i think that's good i'm glad you said that because you know we're gonna have a lot of younger guys listening yeah the, the minor leagues is man it's a true character test uh I can't count on both hands how many times I probably wanted to go home and quit. And and you know what? Hey, I've had a great run. I got drafted. I played in the minor leagues. But, man, this is tough. You know, you get those late-night bus rides, and you get uh, those games where you're just, man, you stink. And you're like, man, I'm never going to be good enough to get to the big leagues. And you're watching all these big league pitchers, and you're watching how great they are. And, like, man, I don't know if I can ever be that great. Um, but if you keep the mindset of sticking with it, and just showing up every day and continuing to show up and continuing to show up. And it's almost like a game of outlast survivor. You got to outlast everybody around you. And, you know, sooner or later you catch a break and you start figuring it out a little bit mentally and you, 
and physically your body matures enough and then bam all of a sudden you get that shot in the big leagues yeah uh, and it's it's a feeling like no other yeah what was that call what was that that call like did you, who'd you call first your your mom or your dad yeah i called mom and dad they were together they both answered the phone or i think mom answered the phone and then dad came on the phone later and got to tell them both at the same time so it was a pretty cool phone call it's it was a moment i'll never forget probably my favorite moment in baseball was getting to uh, pitch my major league debut and it, it came a lot from you know the mentality of going through the minor leagues you know i've went through it tried so hard worked so hard to get to this point and i was like i'm gonna have the most fun i've ever had playing baseball today yeah because you know what you never know if you get another chance but i had a goal since i was like five years old to make it to the big leagues and i finally did it yeah so i'm gonna enjoy it who cares about being nervous this is gonna be fun that's awesome yeah that's every kid's dream um how long do you think uh players should play for right i mean should they keep playing just as long as they love it or is it because like craig like you know like the money's tough in the minors like yeah. it's you know, you're not really even money in a sense but yeah um like did you, would you ever come to a point where you're like well i'll give it a few more years and then i gotta kind of yeah, I never really got serious about giving it up. I was always like, I was always going to go until the you know the the candle got knocked out. And I had a high school coach when I first got the opportunity to play college baseball. Uh, sat me down, and I he was you know huge influence on my baseball career. Really taught me what how to play baseball the right way. And he said, you know, I played in college and. I didn't have the opportunity to get drafted or picked up. And he's like, I miss it every single day. You know, I love baseball and I wish I could play it still now. And I'm 45 years old. And he says, don't let them, don't quit until they make you take that jersey off your back. And he's like, if you can do one thing for me, play until they take that jersey off your back. And I've always remembered that. And, you know, it may sound, you know, kind of selfish in a way, but it also gave me that motivation because I know all the guys I played with in little league and high school would give anything to have the opportunity that I've had. So I'm going to play until they take that Jersey off my back. And then when they take that Jersey off my back, then I know it's over with. Yeah. That's, that's a great mindset to have. And like you're putting in the work, obviously I worked out with you a couple years ago and dude, I mean, you kill it in there and you kill it in the weight room. I mean, you're, you're a really hard worker. Um, I also love the fact that back in 2014, um, you got your degree while playing Major League Baseball. And I thought, and I read, I read a story about how you were in the, the bullpen and you had, had a, some project due and you had like uh, someone take a video of you in your, in your uniform to send it into your class <laughs> yeah. at Dayton. That is awesome. Um, what was, how, like, how tough was that, like going to school while playing in the big leagues? Like I was complaining about going to school while playing college, yeah. like not big leagues. I tell you what, it was. Uh, it, it made my mom pretty proud. She held it over my head. I think for a while she wanted me to graduate, and you know, luckily somehow we made it work at UD. The professors were willing to work with me through the off season, and then uh, once I left for spring training, through spring training, and through the end of the year. Um, but man, it, doing those projects was it was tough because I hadn't been to school in like probably eight years. I was on like the 14 year plan. So like taking the first test was definitely a, a, well, okay, this is a little harder than I remember it being, but, uh, that project where I put in full uniform and did the video in the bullpen, the rest of my group had to dress up in like full business suit, you know, and do the project presentation. And I was like, well, this is my business suit guys. Uh, so I hopefully got a chuckle with the class. They said it went really well. We got an A on the project, but, uh, 
it was it was pretty neat to graduate you know to we were playing in philadelphia uh sunday day game and that's when commencement was it was actually the same day my little brother graduated from ohio state so nice uh we graduated on the same day he probably beat me by a few hours so he'll hold that <laughs> over my head that he's seven years younger than me and still graduated college before i did but uh, pretty neat to be able to go through that while I was playing in the big leagues. Uh, very privileged that UD worked with me as well as they did so that I could accomplish that. And one of the, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the motivations you had in getting that degree is you eventually want to be, a, you know, in the farm equipment, like salesman, right? Is that correct? Um, growing up, cause your family's been in that business, I believe since 1924. Yeah. Um, did you, did you know growing up, like this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was kind of like part of how I grew up. It was, you know, that was my summer job. It was just accepted that that was going to be my summer job. I wasn't going to go work on the golf course or I wasn't going to go find some other random job. I was going to work for dad. He was going to put me to work and show me the ropes and that's just the way it was going to be. So I think I've had that mindset since I was a little kid that like, you know, that's what dad did. That's what my uncle did. That's what my grandpa did. That's what my great grandpa did. You know, I like living that life. And I think, you know, that feels comfortable, but you know, mom had the idea that I had to go to college first and get that done. So I started with a, uh, entrepreneurship degree and then, you know, baseball took its course and kind of derailed my, uh, farm equipment dealership aspirations to begin with, but I'll have to have something to do when I retire. Uh, that fits the bill. I won't have to do a job interview to get the job, so uh, <laughs> that, you, you that'll be kind of nice. Like uh, bobcats and stuff when you were younger, like just messing around. On- <laughs> so we never had, we didn't sell bobcat skid loaders. We sell New Holland skid loaders. Oh, okay. okay. So New Holland skid loaders, tractors. Yeah, we were always driving tractors and you know grasshopper mowers and all that kind of stuff. So grew up around farm equipment. Where I live is a big rural area, so lots of farms. There's always farmers out plowing fields and planting crops and combining so it was just a way of life and it's you know for probably a lot of people in the city a farm equipment dealership sounds kind of odd mm-hmm. and like but around where i live it's pretty normal yeah that's awesome man <laughs> one last question here if you could face one hitter in the big leagues like today who would it be face one hitter face one hitter just say bottom of the, the ninth leagues. bottom of the ninth two outs like who do you want to see walking up to the plate Probably the probably po- me probably you want to see me walking <laughs> the opposing up there? team's pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what? Those sometimes you know it depends what you're how you're feeling during the season. Sometimes you're like, man, I wish the pitcher hit every time, <laughs> and then other times you're like, man, I'm feeling good. I don't care who's at the plate. You know, I think I can get him out. But you get in those situations, you know, World Series or something like that. You want to face their best player. You know, you want to be that last guy on the mound that everybody dog piles on. So. Um, you know, there's a lot of great players in the game and I don't want to call anybody out because as soon as you call somebody out, that backfires really quick on you because they're great players too. But let's just say it's a privilege to face any big league. The best player. You want the best player. Bring on the best. Bring on the best. Bring on the best. Craig, I appreciate you stopping by, man. And you know, I guess I've known you for a couple years now and you've been, you've been an awesome mentor to me, you know, teaching me how to be a a professional in the game. You know, I haven't, I didn't, wasn't able to make it as far as you, but I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot from you and I appreciate not just how you were with me, but how you are with, you know, some of the other guys, the younger players. Um, I think that's what, that's the coolest part about the game. I really do. I think just the people you meet and the relationships you make along the way and, and uh, it's, it's such the best game in the world. And so 
I just want to, you know, on behalf of the baseball community, <laughs> I just want to say thanks uh, to being uh, such a, a great a great role model for everybody. And we'll make sure to follow you this upcoming year. Um, back with the Padres, maybe. Maybe free agency is is something that's unpredictable. So it could be the Padres, could be the Reds, it could be the Reds. <laughs> you know, it could be anything. So okay. we'll, we'll see how it goes. But it's exciting to have teams calling you and wanting you to be on their team. Awesome. Well, again, thanks Thanks for stopping by today. You got it, Pat. Thanks for having me.